good, everyone, and welcome back to the Mayo Media Network. My name is Griffin Swanson, and today I'm going to be breaking down the Monday night football game between the New Orleans Saints and the Seattle Seahawks. Looks like we got another interesting primetime game here as a handful of players have already been listed as out, but that is part of the beast of playing these showdowns. However, I do have a couple of prize picks here that I like for this Monday night game, and then we're going to dive into my spreadsheet breaking down that DraftKings showdown slate. But before we do that, if you could like this video here and subscribe to the channel, I would greatly appreciate that. The Mayo Media Network has football content coming out Monday through Sunday all season long, and you don't want to miss out on any of that. And for you podcast people, you can always head over to the Apple Pods or Spotify and find all of the content there. And don't be afraid to leave a five-star review while you're at it. But with that being said, let's go ahead and dive into this Monday night game, kicking it off with a couple of prize picks that I like. All right, so I'm over on the prizepicks.com website here now. And for those of you who are not familiar with prize picks or have not signed up yet, we got a promo code for you if you want to do so. And that's code MMN. You use that upon sign up, you're going to get up to a $100 match deposit as soon as you put your money in. It's not like some of these other DFS sites where you have to earn that money back by playing a bunch of contest not with prize picks as soon as you put your money in prize picks will match that up to a hundred dollars again you just need to use code mmn upon sign up now as you can see here there's a number of different sports that we can choose from here when it comes to prize picks as well as a number of player props the two that i like here for this monday night game are both going to be receiving yard props so we're going to scroll down here to the bottom for that monday night game and the first one that i like is marquez calloway over 41 and a half receiving yards. He should basically be acting as the number one wide receiver in this matchup here, considering all the injuries to the Saints wide receivers. And Callaway's hit 41 receiving yards or more in each of his past three games. He had 41 back in week three, but in his past two weeks, he's hit 74 and 85. Now they're coming off a bye here, so he should be well rested against a secondary for the Seattle Seahawks that has not been good all year long. And realistically, this guy can hit the over on one single catch. He's got that deep threat ability in just his past two games here. He had a catch for 49 yards and 58 yards, which would meet the over here at 41 and a half. And I'm looking at a few different projection sites here as well, and all three of them have him hitting the over at that number all the way up to 59 receiving yards. So that's the first over that I like. And then the other over that I like is actually right next to him. That's going to be DK Metcalf over 59 and a half receiving yards. This guy's averaging 73 and a half receiving yards per game so far this year and yes I do understand that Geno Smith has thrown him the ball but just last week he had seven targets was tied for first on the team there had six receptions and 58 receiving yards playing the Pittsburgh Steelers so my guess is prize picks is going a little off of that number there but now they're back at home don't have to worry about that Pittsburgh Steelers noise Heinz Field gets super loud and so things should be a little bit easier here for Geno Smith in this home environment and I'm looking at these three projections sites here once again and all three of these sites have DK projected for at least 67 receiving yards so I think the cause for concern with everybody is Geno Smith but assuming that DK can still get his normal 7-8 plus targets he should be fine at this number of 59 and a half so I'm going to take the over on both of these guys here and again we can approach this two different ways the flex play or the power play but if you go the power play route you will need all of your picks to hit 
but it does increase the payout. Now, again, for those of you who want to sign up for prize picks, just make sure you use code MMN, Mail Media Network, for up to a $100 match deposit. But all right, let's go ahead and dive into this spreadsheet here, breaking down that DraftKings showdown slate. And as always, we're going to start here in the top left-hand corner with those Vegas odds. You can see the Saints are favored to win here on the road, sitting with a money line of minus 200 and a four-point spread. And then the over-under is coming in at 42.5 points. Definitely not projecting to be a shootout. Like I said, it could be another interesting game here, just like that Thursday night showdown game where there were a lot of injuries and a lot of players listed as out before the game even started. Looks to be the situation here as well. Now, before we dive into my favorite plays, though, I do want to cover some of these showdown stats from 2020. So let's hop on over to this spreadsheet here. I'm going to go through these pretty quick, but take a screenshot of these. Do whatever you want with them. But this is in regards to the top 1% of lineups from showdowns in 2020. So number one, 92% of all showdown lineups rostered at least one quarterback. And of the top 1% of lineups, 96% had a quarterback rostered as well. Number two, 33% of all lineups rostered a wide receiver at captain. And of the top 1% of lineups, 31.4% did as well. Number three, 57% of the top 1% of lineups rostered a captain from the team favored to win. So in this showdown example here from the New Orleans Saints, number four, run it back and opposing quarterback wide receiver or tight end was included in 88.9% of the winning lineups that rostered a quarterback wide receiver or tight end from the other team at captain number five ignore defense and kickers in the captain spot very rarely does that work only 1.1% of the time last year in the 1% of lineups and number six do not play more than two kickers or defenses in the same lineup usually one is fine but with all that said let's go ahead and dive into my favorite place here kicking it off with the captains and for those of you who are new to this video here what I do is I list out a captain from both sides of the game something I've done all season long and will continue to do going forward the first guy I got there is DK Metcalf on the Seattle side of things has clearly been the number one wide receiver with Geno Smith under center I know it's only been about one and a half games so far that these two have played together but the two did connect for a 23 yard touchdown two games ago against the LA Rams and we know that's certainly not an easy matchup against those cornerbacks and then last week he was tied for first with seven targets from Geno, reeling in six of those receptions and 58 receiving yards. And Geno Smith didn't even show up until the second half. He had 76 passing yards in the first half and then ultimately did finish with 209. I'll touch on that here in just a minute. But needless to say, DK really didn't have a lot going his way until the second half of that game against the Steelers. Now on top of that, Metcalf does have a good matchup here this week. Should avoid Marshawn Lattimore for the most part, the Saints' number one cornerback. And he should see Saints cornerback Paulson Adebo for the most part in this game, who Pro Football Focus has ranked 101 of 118 at the cornerback position this year. So he's got a smash matchup here. If Geno can get him the ball early and often, he could definitely have himself a game. I mean, we all know the upside that DK Metcalf has. And then on the Saints side of things here, I am a roll with Marquez Callaway in the captain spot. I'm talking from a GPP perspective here. If you do play cash on showdowns, which I don't do, but if you do, then AK is probably the best play here on the Saints side of things. I mean, he's projecting far and above anybody else on this showdown. You can see I got him listed as a flex play here, and you could put him in the captain spot, but if you're looking to get a little more contrarian, which is tough to do on these showdowns, I think you can do that a little bit with Marquez Callaway. Now, he should still be a popular play in general because the wide receiver core for the Saints is just decimated right now, and he should be the number one wide receiver in this matchup. So, I like him here. Talked about him 
Edelman prize picks. He's coming off a game here where he had eight targets, 85 receiving yards, and two touchdowns, scoring 24 and a half DraftKings points. That's a pretty damn good ceiling in regards to putting someone in the captain spot in a game that's only projected here for 42 and a half points. So yes, Elvin Kamara is probably the best overall play, but if you are looking to get a little contrarian and get away from that, Marquez Callaway here should have a pretty good matchup against that Seattle secondary, and the upside seems to be there as well. Now hopping on down here to my favorite flex plays, obviously the first guy I got there is Elvin Kamara. Now look, if you want to get really contrarian on this slate, one way to do that is fading AK. I don't know if I got the stones to do that. Like I said, he's projecting far and above anybody else on this showdown slate here, and rightfully so. We all know what he's capable of doing. He scored at or above 15 DraftKings points in four or five games so far this year. He's got the upside of 30-plus DraftKings points. He's done that a number of times over the course of his career. And what I love to see is him coming off a game here back in Week 5. Reminder, they just had a bye in Week 6, but that game in Week 5 against the Washington football team, he had eight targets in that game. Now, that's usually not something that we need to be worried about with Elvin Kamara, especially when he was playing with Drew Brees. But early on in the season, he just wasn't getting involved as much in the passing game with Jameis Winston. And we saw that change prior to bye week. And that should continue here against the Seattle Seahawks as well. So play AK in the captain spot, play him in your flex play. Or if you're looking to get really contrarian, well, then maybe you do want to fade him. And then I got the Saints quarterback there, Jameis Winston. Think you could put him in the captain spot as well. He has hit 27 plus DraftKings points in two of five games so far this year. He's been a bit up and down though. Started off the season great, then went through a little lull there where he was only scoring anywhere from 10 to 13 DraftKings points, and then he comes back prior to the bye week and puts up another 27 plus. So the upside is there with Jameis Winston as well. It really just depends on the Winston that we get game in and game out, but he does have 12 touchdowns compared to three interceptions, and that's kind of been 50-50 over the course of his career. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but also not really. Uh, with that being said, though, he has played a little bit safer this year, so that's kind of why we've seen him play up and down, but he's got a little bit of rushing upside as well, hitting 19-plus rushing yards in three of five games. So you could put him in the captain spot here, too, due to the ceiling that he does have, and this defense for the Seattle Seahawks has not been good this year, so I do like the Saints in this matchup in general, but they're likely going to be the most popular plays on this showdown slate as well. Now, I'm by no means going to force Geno Smith into my line up here, but I did want to highlight him particularly because I have DK Metcalf in the captain spot. And when you're putting someone in the captain spot, you like to have a little correlation within your flex plays. And so that makes sense to go with Geno Smith here. But like I said, he really struggled last week, especially in the first half of that game against the Steelers. Only had 76 passing yards after the first two quarters, but he did finish with 209 passing yards, played much better in the second half and had a touchdown in the second half as well, putting up 11.3 draft. Kings points. That might be what he does here. The Saints defense is legit, but they are back at home. Like I said, it'll be a much quieter environment for him, and hopefully he can just build off of that second half of football from last week and carry that in to this game against the Saints. I also want to mention Tyler Lockett here on the Seattle side of things. Now look, him and Geno have not looked in sync over the past two games here. However, he did see seven targets last week, which was tied for first with DK Metcalf. Unfortunately, he just reeled in two of those catches 
but good to see that the volume is definitely there. We know what Tyler Lockett is capable of. He could go for 25, 30 plus DraftKings points. He's done that a couple of times already this year, so it is encouraging to see the volume at the very least. And with limited options on the Seattle offense heading into this showdown, I think we have to talk about him. But outside of him and Geno not being on the same page here as of right now, there's also cause for concern about the matchup this week. It looks like Tyler Lockett is going to see the Saints' number one cornerback, Marshawn Lattimore, for a majority of this game, certainly more than any other of these Seattle wide receivers. Marshawn Lattimore does not shadow anybody, typically just plays on the right side of the field, where Tyler Lockett runs most of his routes. So that's part of the reason why I like DK in the captain spot as well, and Tyler Lockett as more of a flex play. But like I said, we have to talk about Tyler Lockett here. He's a good wide receiver. If him and Geno can get on the same page, he by all means could have a good game. And then I got Alex Collins here, the running back for the Seattle Seahawks. Now, do keep an eye on this. He's technically listed as questionable right now with a groin injury, but as of Saturday night, Coach Pete Carroll came out and said, looks like he's good to go, ready to play on Monday night. So I'm going to take his word for it here and highlight him. And he's looked pretty damn good filling in for Chris Carson, racking up 15.8, 9.2, and 19.8 DraftKings points in each of his past three games. Gets a little involved in the passing game, not something that I'm going to depend on, but more so the volume that he's getting while rushing the ball. In his last two starts here, he had 15 rushing attempts and just 20 last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers and actually rushed for over 100 yards. He's got two touchdowns here in his past three games as well, and this is going to be a difficult matchup, but like I said, this offense should generally play better while playing at home, and I wouldn't be surprised if they try to feed this guy as much as possible as long as the game is close close, or if by chance they're playing with a lead. I don't know how long that's going to last, but in any case, I do suspect that Collins is going to play quite a bit and get quite a bit of volume. Now, if you think the struggles continue for Geno Smith here in this Monday night game, then I by all means think the Saints defense comes into play. They are pretty damn expensive here at $5,800, but they're projecting pretty well too. Anywhere from eight to nine points on DraftKings, which is the ninth most on this showdown slate. They're projecting better than some of the offensive players on both sides sides of the ball and through five games here they have 10 turnovers so averaging about two per game eight sacks I think that number could go up in this game here because Geno Smith took five last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers this defense has a touchdown as well and is averaging close to 10 DraftKings points per game and they've shown that they can score more than that back in week one against the Green Bay Packers they racked up 15 DraftKings points and then in week three playing on the road against the New England Patriots they scored 20 DraftKings points by all means I I think that's in the realm of possibilities here against Geno Smith, but again, they are very expensive, and you're probably going to need Smith to struggle in order for them to meet value. Now, rumor has it Rashad Penny very well could come off the IR on Sunday and play in this Monday night game. If that's the case, then I'm probably off DJ Dallas, because Pete Carroll will likely rotate both of those running backs behind Alex Collins, and I'm just not in love with that, because DJ Dallas really isn't playing that much to begin with. Only played 34% of the offense of snaps last week, but he did get involved in the passing game. So if Penny is listed as out or still remains on the IR, then I definitely don't mind Dallas here. He had five targets and five receptions last week, racking up 10 DraftKings points. So some solid upside there for a guy priced at $5,200, and you could probably get him at lower ownership. And if for any reason we get word that Alex Collins is not going to play in this game or is going to be limited, that will make DJ Dallas an even better better play. And then to wrap it up here, I got two low-priced options on the Saints side of things here. I mentioned earlier, there's a 
handful of injuries heading into this Monday night game, largely on the wide receiver side of things for the New Orleans Saints. They're just decimated there, which is why I like Marquez Callaway. But Adam Troutman and Kenny Stills here could be low-priced options that get more involved this week. Now, I want to mention something here with Adam Troutman because Juwan Johnson very well could be the guy too. I didn't highlight Juwan Johnson because he's really only used in the red zone, whereas Trotman plays about 73% of the offensive snaps. But the two are tied with three red zone targets this year, which is the second most on this Saints team. And Johnson's done a lot more with those targets. Trotman's only scored one touchdown, whereas Johnson's gone three for three in the red zone himself. So you could by all means roll out Juwan Johnson here. Just know he's probably only going to be involved in the red zone, whereas Trotman is playing a little bit more in general. Uh, but again, a low-priced option here. That could score a touchdown and get you double-digit DraftKings points. And then the last guy I got there is Kenny Stills, who should act as wide receiver number two for the Saints in this game here. Coming off a game back in week five against the Washington football team, where he saw season-high 71% of the offensive snaps played and five targets. Targets. I don't care who you are. If you're getting five targets at $1,600, you're going to be on my radar. He's actually projecting pretty well this week. Anywhere from seven to 10 DraftKings points. And you never know. Maybe he finds the end zone and gets you 15, 16 DraftKings points. It's certainly not his first rodeo. I know he's kind of bounced around the NFL here over the past few seasons. But this is also a guy who's had a handful of really good games in the NFL. Back in 2016, he scored nine touchdowns that year. And he's come close to hitting 1,000 receiving yards in a season on two separate occasions. Now, I'm not going to pretend we're going to get that Kenny Stills in this Monday night game, but a guy who's definitely familiar, playing not only in primetime games, but acting as a wide receiver number two, and at $1,600 here, like I said, if you can get five targets once again, I don't care what your name is, you're definitely going to be on my radar, and Kenny Stills is. All right, everyone, that is going to wrap up the video here for today. As always, thank you all for taking the time out of your day to watch these videos. If you could like this video here and subscribe to the Mayo Media Network, I would greatly appreciate that. And as a reminder for those of you who want to sign up for prize picks, just make sure you use code MMN Mayo Media Network for up to a $100 match deposit. It's house money, it's free money. You might as well take advantage of that if you're going to be signing up. But let's have a great day here, folks. Let's win some money on Monday night as well. I'm out of here. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your boy LQ, Mr. Real Deal Fantasy HQ, loud shirts only, and this is the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. Make sure you guys download that app, hit the link in the bio, check out the website, and sign up using promo code MMN, and you guys will be set up for success because they're matching up to 100 bucks on your deposit. Promo code MMN, and you guys will be set up for success to bring home the gold. So today I have a great show. It's the recap. Got some studs and, of course, some duds, and, unfortunately, the injury recap as well. But I got some trade targets at the end of the show that I want you guys to go out, get these guys for the cheap, bring them in, and they'll help you out when it matters, a.k.a. the playoffs. So we are moving fast in this, you know, in this fantasy football season because it's like already week eight. Like I did not think it would go this fast, but hey, here we are. So let's get right into it. So let's start with the dessert, the treats, the stud muffins. Man, Jamar Chase put on a show today. 201 yards. He had one touchdown and eight catches, people. He is putting up numbers right now that are just out of this world for a rookie. This is crazy. He's going into history books where it's just looking like 
we should not doubt guys in preseason or in training camp. Yeah, he had his struggles. Yeah, he had drop passes in pre preseason. But come on now. He's putting the egg on all of our faces that doubted him. And hopefully you guys bought the dip when there was a dip. So I definitely think Jamar Chase, man, is going to be moving forward, looking like the dynasty wide receiver one, man. It's crazy. I'm not going to be reaching on it and everything like that. I'm not gassing, but the way he's playing, he's playing out of his mind right now. And moving forward, him and Joe Burrow, they have something beautiful going on. Obviously, the chemistry there. So you need to have Jamar Chase on your rosters. Next up, Kyle Pitts, man. He has had a day on tight end day of course 163 yards on seven catches no touchdown but hey cannot be too greedy but he had a outing today so I definitely feel as though Kyle Pitts moving forward is that guy that we thought he was going into the draft whatever the case may be he is showing why he is tight end one he's showing why you know Matt Ryan will be successful every time he targets him moving forward I love the chemistry that they will possibly have in the future hopefully Matt Ryan isn't done after this season hopefully there's another season in the works for him but Kyle Pitts moving forward for the rest of the season man he is a start and forget the volume is there and he's putting up big numbers like are we seeing the plays he's making the one-handed catches like he's making it look so easy man so moving on to another tight end happy tight end day post tight end day i should say but at today when i'm recording it is tight end day so cj uzma oh my gosh he is a playmaker down the field for burrow i definitely appreciate burrow finding his targets finding the reads and looking downfield for guys like cj now i definitely think you know he's a big play dependent only three catches for 91 yards but two touchdowns so i definitely feel as though being that you're going into a bye week where you have Mark Andrews out, where you have guys like Waller out on bye, also dealing with injuries, all these things in the mixture, I don't see why CJ can't be a guy for you in these starting lineups. He is putting up big points, people, and he's coming like a valid tight end week to week. Almost, he's right here when it says start and forget because he's making these plays week after week. So, Shout out to CJ being the stub muffin that he is. So let's move on to the duds, guys that completely shit the bed. Guys that we're putting in our lineups and we're thinking like, hey, you know, they'll put up points. They'll put up big points. You know, they, they have the matchup, but they didn't. And no, I'm not going to mention Oda Beckham because we already know he's a dud for the rest of the season. But anyway, moving on to the duds. Patrick Mahomes, man, only four fantasy points. The numbers he had did not matter, but he has been struggling. Nine interceptions in seven games, people. He's been turning the ball over. Bunch of struggles that we've seen against Tennessee, and I feel as though he he just wasn't there. That's not the Patrick Mahomes that we know. It's something else going on. It might be mental. I don't know. I'd get him scanned or something because the thing is, he's making decisions that we usually don't see him make. Like It's cute when he does the no looks you know, the curve balls, the little sidearm throws and stuff like that. But some of these throws, man, they're just not looking right. And most of the time we see Patrick Mahomes using his wheels and securing the ball, but he had a fumble as well. So he's having a bunch of turnovers. This isn't the Patrick Mahomes that we know. Also worth mentioning, he did get injured. He hurt his neck slash head and also his pride was hurt. So moving on, going into Antonio Gibson, man, he had the vine, but only five fantasy points. This may be the time where we need to start thinking about Antonio Gibson week to week. He's no longer starting to forget because, again, he's getting the volume, 14 carries, 51 yards, but where are the touchdowns? Where are the touchdowns where we knew and loved, the 10 touchdowns that Gibson had last year? We need to see this again. Where is this guy? We do not know. J.D. McKisson is still getting work that we don't need him to get. We need Antonio Gibson to be the workhorse, and it's not looking like that. So 
The thing is about Antonio Gibson, you do have to look at the matchups moving forward. It's a little alarming how many shares I have at Gibson, but I'm trying to ship him off as fast as I can because I don't want to be on a sinking ship, especially at a running back position where there's not that many out there. I want to get a better return. I want to get a guy who can at least put up decent points week to week in my flex position or as my RB2. So moving on to the next guy, Aaron Jones, man, I think he simply was just game scripted out. It was very pass heavy. I mean, he only has six fantasy points, only six carries. It, it You know, he gets the dud title based on we expected more out of an Aaron Jones, being that, you know, he's a guy that can get it done out of the backfield as well. Goal line, you know, master magician. I feel as though Aaron Jones only gets his title being that he was game scripted out. Nothing against his talent or his role, you know, his volume or anything like that. So. Aaron Jones to get the dud, get the dud stamp this week. But I, I think this will be the only week you'll get the dud stamp for me or anybody else. So I think you'll live up to what we all expect you to be. So let's get to the veggies, the veggies that we do not like. Um, the injury recap. So Patrick Mahomes, like I said before, neck, head injury. Hopefully he's okay. It was really ugly. Thigh went into his head, but most importantly, his pride was hurt. So I definitely think, you know, it's going to be monitored. He passed concussion protocol, so it's not a concussion. So he may be just dealing with a stiff neck, you know, maybe not too serious. But still, his pride was damaged. That was an embarrassing game. I definitely feel as though they need to take that to the chin and just move on and get better. But Josh Jacobs left the game early, you know, with a chest injury. Not too sure on the status of that, but he did leave the game. Kenyon Drake took over. Miles Sanders dealt with an ankle injury early in the game. He was taken out after, you know, a couple plays, a couple run plays. Now, it's been said that they're trying to get the run game more involved. They're trying to get Sanders more involved, which is great because that's what it was looking like in the beginning of the game. And then he faces injury. So not too good there. Now, Johnny Smith, you know, he was heating up in the early game as well, but he's dealing with a shoulder injury as well. He was exiting in the game. There was at one point in the game where we thought he's coming back in, but it must be a little bit more serious than expected. Now, another guy, Zach Wilson, struggle, 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 turnover, turnover, just the Jets not being very good, but he's dealing with a knee injury. He went down. It was a nasty sack. It didn't look too good. All the weight went onto the one knee, so I think he will be out missing sometime, most likely, but we'll monitor that throughout the week and see what happens when they do some testing. So let's get into some trade targets, some guys that need to be on your radar. I like Rashad Bateman as my number one trade target right now. Phil's though, I don't need to give up too much because if you're looking at box scores, he's not putting up crazy fantasy points. He put up six points the week before, and then he put up 11 points this past week. And I feel as though if you're dealing with a fantasy manager that only cares about the box scores who have him on the bench, these are the guys you target and take advantage of. Now, Rashad Bateman had a 20% target share. Therefore, from the week that he started his NFL debut to last week, the points, the volume, everything was increasing. He's liable to fall into the end zone. And I'm telling you, man, once he gets into a groove, once he gets into a rhythm with a Lamar Jackson, that chemistry starts to build because Lamar Jackson is playing some really good pocket football as well. So I definitely think if the volume is there, I'm not too worried about Sammy Watkins coming back from an injury, hurting Bateman whatsoever, because Bateman just looks electric with the ball in his hands. He's getting a groove, and I definitely feel as though – Moving forward towards the playoffs, he's going to step up and show out. So get him now 
while he's still cheap. Get him now before he has the big breakout game. So I definitely think he needs to be on your radar to go out and get. Go ahead and throw, you know, throw throw an offer out there and just see what hits and what doesn't hit. And just talk to your managers, your league mates, and see what they're willing to give up and not. Now, next up, Jalen Hurts, man. Seven games in a row, he managed to have over 20 fantasy points. If Again, if you're dealing with league managers that are only with the box scores that aren't too impressed, or you're dealing with actual Eagles fans who are impressed with Hurts losing these games, You've got to take advantage of these guys. Jalen Hurts, seven games in a row, 20 points or more. I'm loving his playoff schedule. That's what I'm really looking at. After their week 14 bye, he has nothing but division games after that. And I love Jalen Hurts division games. I love the mixture. I love the competitive. It's towards the end of the season. Are they playing for playoffs or not? A lot of more QBs play a lot more heavier games. They play a lot more with more heart, I should say. I feel as though Jalen Hurts right now is getting it done through the air, getting it done on the ground as well. So you're getting a dual quarterback. He is a top 10 quarterback. So you need to be go getting him if you're dealing with the Sam Darnold, if you're dealing with the Matt Ryan. Not saying Matt Ryan's playing bad, but just more confidence of putting him in your starting lineup. If you're dealing with a Teddy Bridgewater, if you're one of those league managers who have a Trevor Lawrence and a Teddy Bridgewater, these guys, get him out of there. See if you can make an offer for Jalen Hurts cleaning up that back end of the playoffs. So again, if you're dealing with these quarterbacks, if you need a guy who's a dual threat, who's a top 10 quarterback, go ahead and try to shoot your shot to go get a Jalen Hurts. I definitely think he's worth the target. I definitely feel as though him on your roster just elevates your entire roster, especially if you're dealing with injuries, you're dealing with weak points, COVID is still around taking out guys. We still see a lot of things going on with trades and et cetera. We just don't know what's happening. So Again, Jalen Hurts is one of those trade targets I want on my roster, especially if I'm weak at a position that is very important, honestly. A quarterback is very important. I need my guy giving me 20 to 25 points every single week. And Jalen Hurts, check that box. He's been doing that. So go ahead and go get you a Jalen Hurts. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. This is the recap episode, studs, duds, injury report, and of course the trade targets. Hopefully you guys are going to go out there and attack and get these guys on your rosters. So make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Leave a comment below on what you guys think about the episode. And make sure you hit that link in the bio for prizepicks.com. Sign up today using promo code MMN. And you guys will be set up for success to bring home the gold. So let's do it, man. On to another week. Oh.